Hello brothers and sisters, I'm standing up here at the cross, it's 26 degrees and it is a bit chilly, but I have a sermon to do here today. I'm going to start out with a psalm, we're going to have a prayer, we're going to get into the sermon, we're going to close with prayer. Um, for those of you that are listening to these, I would definitely encourage you to listen to some praise and worship music ahead of time and treat these sermons as if they are a service in your home as you're listening to them. Make it part of a, a weekly or bi-weekly, tri-weekly, whenever I get these sermons out, event in your home. Make it like a church service in your house. Today we're going to start out with a reading from a Psalter from the Scottish Church. This is Psalm 51. After thy loving kindness, Lord, have mercy upon me. For thy compassion's great, blot out all mine iniquity. Me cleanse from sin and thoroughly wash from mine iniquity. For my transgressions I confess, my sin I ever see. Gainest thee, the only, have I sinned in thy sight done this ill. That's when thou speakest, thou mayest be just, and clear in judging still. Behold, I in iniquity was formed, the womb within. My mother also conceived me in guiltless, guiltiness and sin. Behold, thou in the inward parts with truth delighted art, and wisdom thou shalt make me know within the hidden part. Do thou with hyssop sprinkle me, I shall be cleansed so. Yea, wash thou me. And then I shall be whiter than the snow. Of gladness and of joyfulness make me to hear the voice, that so these very bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. All mine iniquities blot out thy face, hide from my sin. Create a clean heart, Lord, renew a right spirit, me within. Cast me not from thy sight, nor take thy Holy Spirit away. Restore me thy salvation's joy with thy free spirit me stay then will i teach thy ways unto those that transgressors be and those that sinners are shall then be turned unto thee o god of my salvation god from god me from blood guiltlessness set free then shall my tongue aloud sing of thy righteousness my closed lips o lord by thee let them be opened then shall thy praises by my mouth abroad be published for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it thee, nor wilt thou with burning offering at all delighted be. A broken spirit is to God a pleasing sacrifice, a broken and contrite heart, Lord, thou wilt not despise. Show kindness and do good, O Lord, to Sion, thine own hill, the walls of my Jerusalem, build up of thy good will. Then righteousness offering shall thee please, and offerings burnt which they, with whole burnt offerings and with calves, shall on thine altar lay. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this time that we can come before you, that we can honor and praise you, Lord. There's several prayer requests that I have going up, Lord, that you be with your people, that you be with your people that are here, that would be here, Lord, that you or walk with them in their week this week as they may face surgeries or they may face end of life, Lord, that you are there with them, that you have been there with them 
and that you show them grace and mercy, Lord, that, that as these days come dwindling down, that you and your Son stand as the ones that we will look to and the ones that we will praise and the ones that we will honor in our walks as Christians, as in our walks as sons and daughters of the Most High, in our walks as brothers and sisters to the great God-man, the ultimate sinless sacrifice, Lord, that is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And it is through that blood on that cross that it was shed and through his name that we pray today. Amen. Well, our sermon today is going to be out of a minor prophet. And a lot of people don't really ever get into the minor prophets, but we have today. And we are going to be in Micah chapter 7. And that is going to be, so I turn to it here. It's going to be verses 1 through 6. Woe is me, for I have become as when the summer fruit has been gathered, as when the grapes have been gleaned, there is no cluster to eat, no first ripe fruit that my soul desires. The godly has perished from the earth, and there is no one upright among mankind. They all lie in wait for blood, and each haunts the other with a net. Their hands are on what is evil, to do it well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe, and the great man utters the evil desire of his soul. Thus they weave it together. The best of them is like a briar, the most upright of them a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman, of your punishment, has come. Now their confusion is at hand. Put no trust in a neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. For the son treats the father with contempt, the daughter rises against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. Now, you're going to have to stay with me today through this sermon, because this is actually the first part of a two-part sermon. I'm going to do the Second half of this sermon will be for next time, and it's going to continue on from where we left off. So if you start feeling like I'm being Danny Downer, or if I'm just adding to any depression or anxiety you have, you need to stay with me here on this one. The United States Census in 1948 said there was 91% of America that claimed to be Christian. In 2021, that number's dropped to 65%, which is quite a bit like verse 2, when Micah wrote, The godly is perished from the earth, and there is no one upright among men. The good men and the good women are perishing out of this earth. The number of Christians in the United States and around the world is dropping. The wholesome, upright character is becoming a thing of the past. It's being replaced by self-centered, worldly living, whatever makes me happy people. These people have become deceitful and deceptive, selfish. They don't really care about, how, about their fellow people, but rather about how they can make their own lives better. They live paycheck to paycheck to afford their creature comforts, their cabins, their boats, their motorcycles, their sports car. They literally live with nothing in savings. 
when something crops up, they're willing to steal, they're willing to cheat, and sometimes in their own family. They borrow with no intention of payback. They simply can't. They simply cannot pay this back as the lures of the world have them constrained to either lie, cheat, and steal to continue on in the life that they have or be upright and accountable and lose many of the things that they do have. And it's easier to do what is necessary to continue on than to live without. And that's why the church is experiencing decline in numbers. No one wants to be accountable. They have an a attitude. Leave me alone. Let me live my life. And that attitude spills over into their Christian walk and the attitude of the sinner to a holy and righteous God. Who are you, God, to tell me how to live? And they will say to the ones who are then telling them that is not how a Christian should be and it is not how a Christian will be. And they'll tell you, you do you, I'll do me. And if you can't be accountable now in the basic staples of life, how can you ever be accountable to a holy and righteous God? And the easy answer to this is, you won't be. People are beginning to enjoy the world much more than any time with God. They get up and may read one chapter over 10 minutes and then it's on to coffee and Facebook for the next hour. They may watch The View or three hours of primetime television out of pure entertainment purposes. Whether Bible stays in a drawer. Bibles stay in drawers and stay on shelves as TVs go strolling out the local big box store doors at record numbers. Cell phone plans are upgraded almost yearly as these Bibles are kept for good. And actually, the Bible that I'm using for the sermon today is an ESV that I got for $8 out of a second-hand store in Montague. $8 for an almost brand new Bible. It has maybe two sentences written in it. And off it went. For sale to good home. You see, the things that consume us most are not passed on to the next generation. Your grandkids don't want your, your old, outdated TVs, and they don't want your old, outdated cell phones. Your Facebook just goes on to include nothing more at the end. And the lack of time that's spent with God begins to lessen our accountability. And when the cross of Christ is no longer in sight, the world will be. Dear Christian, if the cross gets out of sight, it is by God's grace alone that you will ever see it again. The world, with its hooks in you, will drag you back to its ungodly bosom. Time once spent at the cross will be consumed by the things you actually like to do and making the needed funds to continue with your enjoyment. And the casualties of making these funds and continuing on with your enjoyment is going to be the decline in missions, an attentiveness to a godly instruction, your relationship with Christ, and possibly your own soul.
We can see the world stepping away from Christ more and more every day, not only within our communities and family, but our government as well. On all levels, bribes and payoffs have replaced uprightness. Governance by God's law has been replaced by special interest groups. Lawbreakers in times past would be sentenced to severe punishment, now faces lesser sentences, if any at all. What was once a life in prison is now time served and fines and court costs. And you can be rest assured that Jesus Christ does not make the same concessions as our local and state and federal law enforcement officials do. Jesus Christ will not make these same concessions for those that die under the law. While this may bring some comfort to those who are under grace, it does little to bring the nation back and nations back that have stepped away from righteous godly ways of governing and lost sight of the cross of Christ. Why many people feel they are doing what is right by their own personal standards, like they're a beautiful flower bed and enlightening the world by God's standards are nothing more than briars. Even the most upright among them is nothing more than a thorn hedge, a briar patch, if you will. And the Christians who sat by silent on righteousness, sat silent on their faith, silent about Jesus Christ, through their silence have allowed this to happen. Silence on an issue is agreement with the issue. How many can honestly say they've written, that they've called anyone in charge of this world and voiced their opinion? We sat silent and allowed our world to be drug away from the cross and into the arms of Satan. Because of the silence of the majority of the church, many have fallen away to serve a new master. Instead of many focused on the goal at hand, the cross of Christ, now each one is focused on their own agenda, and the punishment for our silence is here. The nation stepping away from God, away from Christ, into man-made, self-serving doctrines of Satan. Confusion reigns. Issues are splitting marriages, splitting families, splitting friends. Instead of a nation focused, behind the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We run to and fro, each trying to find our way out of this world alive. The scene is like that of any worldly catastrophe. Panic, fear, despair. How will we eat? How will we be clothed? How are we to live? Inundated daily by fear-mongering coercion and threats. This is a punishment for our turning our backs on God and not speaking up for Him. To live in nations where we can trust nothing. Evil is now portrayed as good and good evil. The mere mention of God or Jesus Christ brings people to attack you, while any mention of hell, Satan, or the devil is tolerated fully. God, Jesus Christ, is now evil in this nation and in this world, and Satan is perceived as a non-entity, and the tables are now fully turned. And here we are. We really have to watch out for ourselves. Who can we trust really? Micah said we can really trust no one fully. If our full trust is placed in anyone, we will be let down. No ifs, ands, or buts. The times are here when it is to each his own, until you come in direct conflict with another. And with so many ways of looking at the world, it will happen. Then the arguing and battles start to each his own until it offends or affects me. Then it has to be my way or the highway.
Trust not a friend. Put no confidence in a guide or a counselor. <clears throat> Many spouses cannot be trusted. The times have turned away from Christianity and solid biblical Christians. The number of upright and honest people is dropping fast. Sons are dishonoring their fathers. Daughters are rising up against their mothers. Daughter-in-laws against mother-in-laws. Micah wrote, a man's enemies are the men of his own house. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. We are barreling head-on to America being a Christian nation no longer. And some say we aren't now. Almost 30% of American Christians have been lost in the last 70 years. And I, at the rate that it's dropping in the last 20 years, I would have to say that 50% is not that far away. The Christian seeks to live in a world with God. The Christian seeks to live in a nation with God, yet God is being forced to leave our schools. God is being forced out of our government. God is being forced out of our homes. We are here looking for God. We're here looking for Jesus Christ, looking to spread his word, his light, his love to the world. Yet, there is no cluster like the, the grapes that Micah had talked about. Like the cluster, when the grapes have been gleaned, there's no cluster to eat. No first ripe fig that my soul desires. We're looking to spread into a world that used to be one way and it's not that way anymore. Many of us have years of Christianity under our belt and when we came to Christ, the world was so much different. You could go up and talk to people about God and they wouldn't get offended. You could go up and say the name of Jesus Christ and people would instantly be upset and cussing and swearing about how they don't want to hear about that. In a world when we all became Christians, there was a very good possibility that Jesus Christ was more tolerated then than he is now. And I know that's a, a definite in my life. I've been a Christian about 20 years. And when I first became a Christian, I was sharing with everybody and I could share with everybody. Now, all I hear and all I, if I say Jesus Christ is a bunch of cuss words coming back at me and how people don't want to hear about that and how I shouldn't talk about religion or politics in mixed company. And a lot of the words that we now speak are falling on deaf ears. 20 years ago, the words that you would speak that were the words of God seemed to at some point fall into fertile soil. The fertile soil is quickly drying up. I know full well, I know full well even at 65%, if the church pooled its money, people wouldn't be on the street homeless. People wouldn't be starving. But yet here we are with churches with giant, lavish buildings, huge budget, parishioners arriving in fancy cars dressed to the nines and they throw $2 into an offering plate to appease their conscience as they sip a $5 cup of coffee from the church coffee shop. 
And I'm sure, I am very sure, there would be more of a move of God if Scripture was preached accurately and messages weren't turned to making your best life now, if messages weren't turned into how I could be a better person. There may be even a revival. Maybe even a revival. A giant move of God. If this scripture was preached accurately, if people got back to Christian values. But the world has crept in amongst God's people. And some churchgoers that were solid in their faith and stood upon the rock that is Christ, seeing what was going on, and they headed for the doors, never to return. Debates. Discussions and arguments rage across this country, and none of them are focused on God or the defense of Scripture. They rage over political parties, whether it's Republican or Democrat, with a little libertarian sprinkled in. To vax or not to vax, pro-mask, anti-mask. I could be here for days listing off stuff, but it won't help. People's moods and attitudes are in the gutters as a godless world, a godless government, a godless economy takes shape. Godless dinner tables, godless homes, godless churches. <clears throat> With non-gospel-centered presentations. And the question then is, what's left, Pastor, to hope in? Where must I focus my attentions? I feel as if my world and my faith is caving in around me. Where, Pastor? Where can I turn? Where must I turn? The godless are rejoicing that my faith is crumbling. I'm sitting in a dark and terrifying place. They're asking me, Pastor, where? Where is this God of yours? Oh, Christian, where is he? Where? Where must I look into whom? I desire God, Pastor. I desire Jesus Christ, yet the world is squashing him out. He is no longer welcome anywhere, it seems. Well, brothers and sisters, it's time to step back and take a deep breath, and when it exhales, make sure it's pointed at that Bible. Blow the dust from it. Get a moistened rag and wipe it clean. Open its pages and read the words of God Almighty. It is in these pages that you will come face to face with God. The Holy Spirit will guide you and Jesus Christ will be there with you. And I say this, who cares what people say and think as they try to trample your faith? Pray for them. As Jesus was taunted from the ground as he hung upon the cross... And we're talking being taunted, being called names, as they were killing him. Did Jesus not say, Father, please forgive them, for they know not what they do? The world is getting dark quickly. Many will say the end is in sight. I say keep your head in the fight. Do not turn away as many have. We are getting very, very, very close to the battle of a lifetime. 
All boots need to be prayed up, studied up, and ready for battle. This is no longer the day and time of play church. Christian liberties and Christian ideals are being trampled. We need all boots on the ground. We need all hands on deck. We are no longer in a time where we need our friends and neighbors, our buddies, to say a quick prayer and join the club, only to run off, run out of the church, run away from Christ at the first sign of trouble. We need soldiers of the cross ready to die for Jesus Christ, ready to die for the faith. We need martyrs of the new age. Whether you believe the return of Jesus or near is not, one thing remains true. All the things of Christ are being stripped away. Are you going to stand and speak for the gospel? Will you defend the faith? Will you give it all, even if that means your death? An apostolic spirit where they were told, do not speak or preach Christ or you shall be beaten, beheaded, crucified. Yet they continued on. Threats and even threats of death and even seeing people get put to death did not shut them up, did not stop their mouths, did not stop the preaching of Christ and it did not stop the move of the Holy Spirit. The days of the weak, unread, unstudied, unpraying Christian are coming to an end. A 30% drop in people who say they're Christian, down to 65% last year. How far is that number going to drop if Christianity becomes illegal? It's already a taboo subject, and it can't be discussed in mixed company. How far must it go before we as the body of Christ wake up? How far? Exactly how far? How far are we willing to let it go down? But pastor, I don't know where to turn. There's no one to trust. There's no one to turn to. Life as I know it has changed so much. To this I say as Micah did in the verse I shall end with today. And it will also be the verse that will start the next sermon. And the next sermon will bring you hope and show you the way we as Christians shall navigate these times. But I'm going to warn you, knowledge of God and Scripture is going to be a prerequisite as we go into these times. For the last couple of years, I've been standing at this very pulpit saying we need to read, we need to pray, we need to study. I said this for a reason. I've seen these times coming, and we are in these times. We need not to have head knowledge of God. We need to have heart knowledge of God. We need to be praying. We need to be studying. We need to be reading. It's the only way. It is the only way we're going to make it through this. This knowledge of God is the only way that we as Christians are going to step out of this with our faith fully intact. We need to cling to that cross and we need to cling to God. Micah wrote in chapter 7, verse 7, and here is how it will end. 
But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. It's time to get serious, brothers and sisters. It's time to start talking about God. It's time to start preaching about God. It's time to start witnessing of Christ. It's time to talk of that cross. It's time to get involved and start taking this country back and turning it into what it once was, a God-fearing nation that was brought up and raised on Christian virtue and Christian principles. And it's got to start soon, or our nation may be lost, but our relationships of Christ, if we're all studied and prayed up, even if the nation's lost, where we go at the very end will not be lost. Amen. Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for the people that are listening, Lord. I thank you that through a through an old Bible that I found in a second-hand store that you could show me a message for your people, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit brings into our our beings and into our knowledge the fact that we need to to get up and we need to start making an impact for Christ in this world. That whether we're close to the end times or not, Lord, that truly, truly, we can bring this nation back around. And if not this nation, Lord, we can start changing people's lives as Christians, we can be there for people. And we can show them that although the Christians in this nation is dwindling, that there are still good, upright, honest, God-fearing people out there. And I praise you that through you, through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through the, through the Holy Spirit, that this can happen. I thank you. I praise you. Amen. And I thank you for your time, brothers and sisters. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. And I'm going to go back right now and get started on the next sermon. So hopefully I won't be letting you wait for too long. May you be blessed. In Jesus' name.